Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Alex Barcenas. Thank you, everyone. Let's give it up for Tony. That was his first time emceeing here at Fire Church. Good job, Dad. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for this year as well. What a wonderful year that we've had with you, God. Even throughout the challenges, God, we know that your peace has been there, your joy has been there, God. So we thank you for the highs and lows. We thank you for this year that was a marking year for many, many people, God. But we look forward to 2020, God. So I pray that you just speak through me, your word, your presence, your boldness, your authority, your plans, your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, who had a good Christmas? Just a Wednesday that has passed. It's one of those uh, times of the year, yes, many of us did. Who, who also feels it's kind of like that time of year where you're a little bit lost, you're not sure what day it is, it's in between Christmas and New Year's, you're off work, and you're wondering, is today even Sunday? It's a bit of a, a time zone, a bit of a, a warped kind of a life in terms of uh, what day is it? But as we wrap up this year and we look into next year, this is the last Sunday of 2019, and God's put on my heart something that's going to speak into next year, and everyone in this room will be involved. I want to say hi and welcome to those who are perhaps visiting from other churches. I know that this is also a time for you to have a break and, and perhaps just visit somewhere outside of your home, but this morning is for you too, because what God has placed on my heart is that we're going to pray into the nations for next year. But it stems from an abundant life. It stems from a life that God has called every believer to. And in John 10.10, many of you know this. It says this, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Everyone say abundant. You know, I, I found this uh, verse of Scripture, 1010, quite prophetic for today. And I've been asking God for a few weeks now, what do you want me to share in lead up to this day, this moment? And he said, John 1010, and a confirming sign. I've actually lost count of how long it's been now. It's been a few months. So I remember having chats with Wes Cook um, a few months ago when we caught up over coffee. I see the number 1010 every day. If either it's 10 past 10 a.m. or 10, 10 p.m. or on my odometer or just random figures, 10, 10 strikes and comes out to me. Another number that's, that's uh, stood out without any trying or, or striving to look for these numbers is the number 555, 555. Again, 5.55 p.m. Uh, I've done 55.5 kilometers on my car. Even one day, I thought, because this was probably about three weeks ago, I sensed that God wanted me to share on Isaiah 55 and 5, and we'll get into that soon. But one day, I thought in particular, oh God, was that just a fluke? Am I not seeing triple five again? Perhaps I just won't even 
bother on that scripture anymore to preach. And then we're, we're having a pastoral catch-up with one of our beautiful people, and her daughter said to us, you know, I set my alarm at 5.55 a.m. as I was having those thoughts a few minutes earlier. And God purposely has set John 10.10 as the key scripture for this morning, living the abundant life, and what that, does, what that means to us as believers. We see it throughout the Psalms, through Proverbs, through many different examples of biblical characters, through David, through Joseph, through Solomon, that they lived an abundant life. Yes, there was prosperity. Yes, there was blessings. But how about those patriarchs in Hebrews 11 who had faith and blessings, but then talks about other saints, many who were tortured, mocked, scourged, imprisoned, sown in two. That sounds like a terrible horror film, but it happened. Sown in two, stoned, not through hemp, destitute, mistreated, and homeless. And all the hippies laughed. I saw some ex-hippies laugh there. Mike, you gave yourself away. But these people, though they were tortured, persecuted, lived with a deep-seated joy in their hearts. They lived an abundant life. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I came that you may have life, and life more abundantly. And yes, when you become a believer, yes, when you're obedient to God's Word, and you see it through Scriptures like Malachi 3.10, bring to me the tithes and offerings, and see that I will not throw open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't contain. Yes, God will pour out His blessings, But beyond that, what Jesus was talking about, the life that he called us to, and I think it would help if we understand the word in in the Greek. If Jesus was talking about earthly abundance, the Greek word would have been bios, talking about earthly means for plenty. But the word here in the Greek, in John 10.10, is actually zoe. And if you know someone named zoe, there's a zoe a daughter of the house named Zoe, it actually means life and life more abundantly that belongs to God. Not just here, but in eternity as well. In the Strongs, it talks about this word having an advantage, having supremacy over the enemy, over circumstances. So irrespective of your situation, what your finances may look like, of how perhaps the family unit is, that you can still live a life more abundantly. Speaking of family unit, there's my son. Still living abundantly, my boy. And Ephesians 3.20, it says this. He will do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. That's the abundant life. When we submit our hearts, our lives to God, our obedience to His Word, He will do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask, think, or imagine. You know, there's a few examples that already come to mind. My wife that you just saw carry out my son, she's my exceedingly, abundantly reward, more than I can ask, think, or imagine. When I stop trying to do things my own way, and pursue relationships my own way and give it over to God, he bought the Ephesians 3.20 in Jess. When I stopped striving in my previous career 
as a corporate salesperson, always trying to crack into head office or go for a higher role, and just submitted to God. I said, God, I want to leave this place. I want, uh, there's bigger, better things. And God said, no, stay put, son. Little did I know that my new boss had screened me and, and put me through the vetting process subtly through coffee catch-up a few weeks ago and asked me, would you take on this coaching role? And through that, I, meant so, I learned so many things that's helping now in, in this ministry role that I'm doing. And God exceeded my expectations. It was the abundant life. And so God's calling you to the abundant life. In Isaiah 55, this is going to be a very interactive sermon. You'll see what I mean very soon. We're going to pray into next year. We're going to pray about the nations. We're going to pray about the countries that's been perhaps been on your heart. It could be your motherland. It could be some country that you've gone on, on a missions trip before in the past, or it could be a country that's never stood out to you before, yet you sense that the Lord is asking you to pray for it. In Isaiah 55, we're going to focus on verse 5, but we'll start with Isaiah 55, verse 1. And in the New King James, you may not see it on the screen. See, God started to link it and interweave it all together for me. We just talked about John 10, 10. God, Jesus, giving us the abundant life. In the New King James, translation for Isaiah 55, who knows what the chapter heading is? Who's got the New King Jimmy? What does it say, Hannah? An invitation to abundant life. So it dawned on me, God has been speaking to me over the last 10 months, almost every day showing 10, 10, and over the last couple of weeks, Isaiah 55 and 5. But then I looked at the start of Isaiah 55, an invitation to abundant life. So who wants to know how to live an abundant life? Let's have a read. Ho! And it's not Santa Claus. Ho! It's getting the attention. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Who knows the Bible says... Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. You may have come this morning thirsty for something else other than what life has thrown you, other than what you have thought life should be. You may be thirsty this morning. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. Not just water. You know, in, in the biblical times, wine and milk w was important. They didn't have yakut or perhaps even kimchi. I'm not sure where the Koreans were in the Bible. But they needed fermented drink to help with the body system, to have a, a healthy, strong body with milk, with wine. So God doesn't only just give you the, the minimum, but He gives you over and above. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Without money, without price. Because who knows, Jesus has paid the ultimate price for us to accept this invitation. And you may not know the Lord this morning. You may not know Jesus this morning. But He's paid the price. So you can enter His presence. You can do what He's asking you. 
to come to buy. You know, in the first five verses of this scripture, the prophet Isaiah is, is compelling the exiles of Israel to come four times, to buy twice, to eat twice, to listen twice. There's this urgency that the prophet is saying, which echoes to us today, come, come to the table, buy, eat, listen. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Who knows that life where you've worked hard all week, you hit the clubs, you hit the pub, you hit the bar, you spend a fortune on something that you think will satisfy, but at the end of the day, it does not. It leaves you with a hangover, it still feels empty on the inside. Because I know that life, I lived that life before, thinking this is the best life ever. Straight after high school, working full time, going to the clubs, but still feeling empty on the inside. That wasn't the abundant life. Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Everyone say abundance. So the Lord is inviting you to a meal. And what more intimate way of getting to know another person than over a meal, right? I mean, we, we can call people, we, we, we can FaceTime people, we can send SMSs and messages through messenger and, and whatnot, but the Lord is inviting you to His table to come and dine and eat with Him. What more activity can we do as people who would want to get to know each other than to actually sit down and eat and get to know one another? Because His greatest desire is that not you only be saved and be redeemed, but you will get to know Him and Him to know you intimately at His table, feasting on His goodness, always walking away satisfied. Who's been to a restaurant, you paid a lot of money and were pretty, pretty disappointed in what you paid for, right? Or you, you go to the, the cheap restaurants, the, I won't say the, the, the franchises, but we, we know them all, right? And, and the Lord is saying, would you come and eat and buy? And this can look like many different things. Here's one. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. This is a poor example of a Bible. It's my phone, but I, I do love it. There's many translations. I do miss the paperback. I, I feel like if I'm carrying the paperback, I, I look a little bit more holy. But I do like the convenience of switching diff between different translations. And every time I feast on this, on the Word of God, I walk out feeling satisfied. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. Faith comes by what? 
hearing. And hearing the what? The Word of God. Spending time in His presence, praying. That's the abundant life. That's eating at the table. Here's one, fasting. Who loves to fast food? And some of you are like, yeah, I love fast food. McDonald's, KFC, Hungry Jack's, Bubba's Joe's, Domino's, Pizza Hut, you name it. I love fast food. That's not the fast food I'm talking about. It's fasting food. When was the last time you fasted and you felt your stomach acid just starting to go against you? <laughs> but you sense that you're drawing closer to God. You're eating that of which leaves you satisfied. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And he who is thirsty comes to me will never thirst again. Who remembers the woman at the well? She was going to the well to draw some water to satisfy that thirst in her flesh, in her natural cravings. Yet, natural waters could not thirst those deep desires of the human soul. Only Jesus could. And he said to her, I'll give you water that you will never walk away thirsty from. And he's inviting you this morning to drink from his fountain to drink from his well, to eat at his table. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. As children of the promise, we have been grafted in. When we receive Jesus, we're grafted in into the family of God. At one point in history, God's people were limited to the Jewish people only. But Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that the world can be saved, so that we can be grafted in his family. So as descendants of David, as Jesus was, this is the abundant life that we get to partake in, and this is the fruit that's about to abound. You ready? Verse 5. Surely, actually let's all read it out together. This is the, the verse that's been striking me every day, Isaiah 55 and 5, which is what we're going to be praying about at the end of this message. Let's read it out together. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. And don't call me Shirley. Surely, that's, that's a baby boomer joke. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. Flying high. Surely you, should, you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. As people of God, we've been commissioned to make disciples of all nations. In the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came, it says that they received power and there were witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. So locally, a little bit further out, a little bit further out, and to the ends of the earth. So as people of God, there's this great commission and mandate on our lives to witness and to reach out to those around us, but not keeping it limited to this place 
in this city, in, in this state, or even in this nation, to the ends of the world. And Tony Hagen mentioned it before in, in the announcements, we have a Australia Day weekend prayer meeting at Numa Church, previously Bridge Church in Richmond. Pastor Dan Hagen's going to take up the last hour to pray. There's going to be four segments to that prayer meeting that's going to cause, we believe, a revival in this city, in this nation, and around the world. And it's repentance, reconciliation, revival. Corey, Pastor Corey Turner is going to take that on. And Pastor Dan's going to take on revolution. How do we equip and empower and go for the seven mountains of society, business, government, arts, education, and so forth, and see the kingdom of heaven affected in those areas? So join us for that Australia Day weekend strategically on that weekend so we can pray and believe for our, our nation to experience more of God's love and power. But I love how we're a church that is already accustomed to this. A church that is known for having a heart for the nations, for being sent out, for praying. In fact, even one of our people, Anthony and Michelle Furtado, they lead a prayer group that purposely prays into the unreached nations for the gospel. The 1040 window that some of you may have heard about. 10 by 40 latitude in Asia, in North Africa, in Europe, parts of Europe, where the gospel isn't widely preached or even at all. We have people that have been sent out on missions trips a long term, that we support Ash and Rose Field, who were with us just a few months ago, that we sponsor and support them in Mozambique. They work closely with Heidi Baker. Pop, Frank Clancy, Rescue Australia, heading off into the indigenous parts of Australia and ministering to them, seeing great signs, wonders and miracles. I think five dead raisings, like proper medically proven dead raisings. Is that right? I think four and, and one here locally in Cranbourne. So it's not just in the rural parts, but to the everyday life as well. We have a heart for the nations. I was on my very first missions trip to my motherland in the Philippines this year with the crew. Give me a whoop whoop. Give me a fire. For those that went on that trip, <laughs> we, have, we have this running joke with, with that crew. The, the Filipinos like to pick on our accents. It's not pasta. It's not pasta, you're not spaghetti, it's pastor, pastor. And when we said fire, fire of God, fire, fire, so fire. And so we have this burning desire to see lost people, one for God, around the world. We're part of a movement awakening Australia, awakening Europe, that's doing great and mighty things. Pastor Dan Hagen, for those who don't know, co-founded the Awakening Movement with his best friend, Ben Fitzgerald. They're off to the States in February. We've got the call back in Holland, in Amsterdam, my father-in-law's home nation, calling back different nations that were sent out as missionaries from Europe. But we want to focus in, in 2020, perhaps on what's on your heart that God is starting to speak to you about, which nation is he starting to highlight 
in your minds, in your heart to pray about, to contend for. Perhaps there's nations that people have never heard of. Perhaps there's nations where there's no gospel preached at all. Perhaps it's a persecuted nation. It could be an open nation like the Philippines, where they know the prophetic words over this country, that when revival hits this country, they're going to experience it for themselves. And that's the pastors that we work with. They know that prophecy from Smith Wigglesworth. They're waiting for us. So it could be the Philippines. So right now, our ushers, what they're going to do is pass down every row, just a little slip and a pen for you to all grab. And whatever the Lord has impressed on your heart to pray for, can I ask that you write down the top three nations that you want us as a family to believe for, to pray about? Yeah, we'll chuck it up here. Thanks, Nat. And what we're going to do is, I'll give the instruction when we'll go up and then put it in the box, is we're going to gather around. We've got Isaiah 55 right on the front. We're going to summon the nations that perhaps we don't even know and nations that we do not know will run to us and hear the goodness of God, the abundant life. Who knows, in the Awakening Australia last year, just 13 months ago, I was part of that prayer response team every night that the altar call was done, that response room was full to the brim. And we found out at the end of that weekend, there was a person saved or responded and gave their hearts to the Lord from every continent of this planet except for Antarctica. It might be a little bit hard to get here from Antarctica. But every person from every continent was, at, was represented at that gathering, there's many tourists that, as we hit the streets on our, I met a few as well, that we invited to the stadiums, to the stadium event, and they gave their hearts to the Lord. There's one in particular, one, one story, those who follow Ben Fitzgerald may have seen, this uh, young German girl named Lena, and she was here, I noticed during our Empower conference, and she bailed up Ben afterwards and shared her story. There was a, a group of uh, people that she met while camping, and they basically told her about God, but the seed hadn't set in deeply yet. Then she drove all the way from Western Australia to Melbourne to our event, Awakening Australia. There she got rocked by God, got saved, radically transformed. She's part of a church now in New South Wales, goes out witnessing, telling people about Jesus, and she's studying to be a medical doctor, but God's put her on that redemptive path and said, I want you to be a missionary doctor for me. So this is someone randomly camping out in the back end of WA, but God is summoning people from around the world to come hear His goodness. And we get to go out. And so perhaps with the nations that come through, this box, we'll have a look at the top three. Perhaps it could be our next mission trip as a church. 
I'm mindful as well, many of our church families are away on holidays. So I'll do an online version of this on our website where we'll just pray to these nations. So who's filled out their little slips? Who needs a little bit more time? I think most of us are done. Who still needs a slip? Hasn't got one yet? Cool. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Can I ask everyone who's filled out that form to come to the front, drop it off in this little hole, and stay at the front. And I'm going to invite Robin, Islet, and Anthony Furtado to come pray over this special moment as we believe for 2020, the nations of the world that the Lord wants to summons to Him towards His goodness and love. Hang around the front as we, uh, we pray together. Robin Islet is part of a prayer ministry network. She was in Israel in October. And they were doing something similar whilst in Israel, the, the Holy Land, praying for the nations. Anthony Furtado and his wife, Michelle, people with a, a big heart for the nations. They're the ones that lead that prayer group for the unreached peoples group. So if I can ask both of them to come up now. I've just been told as well, our, our lovely neighbours, Gateway Church, not far from here, their main verse is John 10.10. 10. We love Gateway. A few visitors from there this morning as well. And perhaps I'll get Robin to start praying as we uh, fill up the box. in the Spirit, so join me if you want to pray in the, in the Holy Spirit just for a little moment. Just in your heart, lift up the nation that you have on your heart. I know many of you pray over nations at home. Um, I know many of you have a burden for different nations, so just join with me as I pray in the Holy Spirit right now. Father, you said that we should ask you for the nations. So today, Lord, we ask. We ask you for the nations, Father God. We long to see them as your inheritance, God. Father, I pray that today that you would stir in our hearts by your Holy Spirit the nations that you want us to pray for as a church, God. I pray, Father, that you would help each one of us to do something, whether we pray, whether we give, whether we go, whether we just get informed about the issues, Lord. 
I pray that over this coming year that there would be divine connections, Lord, with people on the ground and organisations. Not all of us can go, but we can all do something. We can all get informed and pray. Father, Lord, Lord God. Father, I ask your forgiveness for not, um, for not always praying when you put it on my heart and my mind. God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would empower us to push through apathy. Lord, your word says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. So I break off those lies today that would say, what difference does our prayers make? And I pray that many in this church, many in this church, God, would get a heart for your nations, for the nations, Lord, that they would spend those quiet hours with you, asking, asking, for your light to come, for Jesus to be revealed. Oh God. Oh God, Lord, have your way. Have your way in us, Lord. Here we are, here we are. Here we are, God. Send us, send us, Lord, use us. Shura Baba Basia Baba. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for putting a nation on our hearts, God. We just thank you for your great power, God. We praise you for the truth, Lord Jesus. We're grateful that you have set us free from sin and death, God. We ask that you'd bring about an awakening of your presence as never seen before, Lord Jesus. We ask that your name be proclaimed, that all plans to silence the name of Jesus would be crushed. We pray that many would come to know you as Lord and Savior. We pray that many would see your light, that you would open blind eyes and release those who are imprisoned. We pray that you would unify your people for your glory of your name, Lord, that all who call themselves Christians would rise up, believing your great truth. Wake us up, Lord. Remind us to live aware, to redeem the time, to listen to your words, to be willing to make a difference in this land and every way we go and every nation you have put on our heart, Lord Jesus. We pray for all those in authority that you would give them your wisdom and discernment as they lead. We ask that you would appoint strong, faithful men and women to serve this nation and our people. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Stay up here, Anthony. You know what's interesting? I only just asked Anthony this morning. I just fell in my heart because I prearranged it with Robin to pray, but... The Lord put in my heart before I arrived here to get Anthony to pray. He doesn't wear the shirt all the time, but you probably can't see it. It says 1040. So it's a prophetic sign that this morning, especially with Anthony praying over it, is uh, uh, going to be something special next year as we target more and more nations. Let's just reach out our hand one more time. Father God, we just thank you, Jesus, for the nations that don't know you, God. For the people who have yet to know your love, God, I pray that you would just get your full reward as we pray over these nations written down 
and perhaps ones that haven't been written down yet, that we would just summons them towards your love, God, that they'll start to hunger and thirst for something else more than this world has offered, God, that they will find your living waters, they will find your table, they will find your abundant life. Thank you, Jesus. Your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can I get everyone to just quickly go back to your seats? We're not quite done yet. We're not going to be long, but there's something very important that I'd like to do. If I can have uh, Isaiah 55 verse 6 and 7 up on the screens, please. That would be great. This is what it comes down to. When we're a people who are on fire for God, who reach the nations, this is what it comes down to. For those who don't know the Lord yet or have walked away, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts or her thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him or her and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. You know, it says here, seek the Lord while he may be found. It's not talking about a God who's lost in the Bible. In fact, we're the lost ones. I'm I'm prime suspect for someone who's always forgetting and losing things. It's not the keys that are lost in the house. And my wife right here, it's like, where did you leave it last? It's not the keys that's lost. It's me that's lost. And I once was lost. I, I was looking for something that I thought would satisfy, but never did. But the Lord is saying, seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You know, we get a limited time here on earth. And I'm not trying to be hysterical or dramatic, but we never know when our time is up. In a moment, we can go like that. But while... He can be found while you have time here on earth to get right with God, to find Him. Not that He is lost, but we are lost. He's saying, I'm here. I've always been here. Would you come to me? Would you stop drinking from the fountain that leaves you unsatisfied, perhaps even broken and hurt, spending your your wages and income on things that don't really matter. But buying and eating at his table, knowing that peace that you desire. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. There's no mistake or sin that you've done that he can't abundantly pardon. When you become a a son or a daughter of God, He views you as a new creation. In fact, the Bible says, Behold, the old has passed and the new has come. So He sees you as a 
brand new, clean son and daughter. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, he will remove your sin. So while he may be found, he wants to give you that abundant life today. This isn't just a ticket to heaven. This is the ticket to the abundant life now. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.